0: Welcome to Fintech Unfiltered, the podcast for bank innovation, an industry-leading blog on fintech and its sister accelerator program, INV Fintech. This is Tatiana Kulkarni, Deputy Editor at Bank Innovation, and today's topic is Challenger Banks in the USA. Joining me today to talk about this is Nick Kopp, the CEO of German Challenger Bank N26 operation in the US. Welcome, Nick.
1: Hi, Tatiana. It's great to be here. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much for joining us. So a good way for us to start is maybe if you could tell us what is a challenger bank?
1: Yeah, sure. And I'm sure there's many ways to cut it. Um, But uh, in my mind, and just maybe to take a step back, I think um, the term challenger bank is a fairly new one. Mm -hmm. Um, There have been a few challenger banks here, maybe in the US, but also uh, in Europe to an extent. Um, And and other terms for it are like, I don't know, neobanking. That's one that's very frequently used or just mobile banks. Mm for me, personally, a challenger bank is a institution that sort of challenges the status quo of the banking industry. Um, I think you could argue even like back in the days when online-only banks came up, they were not called challenger banks, but they were also um, uh, part of that potentially category. I think these days uh, it's pretty clear, uh, to me at least, that a challenger bank is challenging the status quo on two fronts. I think, number one, you have the back-end side. So... Kind of what the user actually doesn't see, but it's very important to deliver a service. So you have the technology infrastructure that goes into delivering the banking service. Um, there have been a lot of changes there, and I think all of the challenger banks share in common. And I think N Twenty Six also, in specific, we have a very strong engineering culture. And I actually refer us our, to ourselves more as a technology company <laughs> than a bank. Um, and so, so that engineering culture drives a lot of the end and then enables a lot of the front end features when it comes to user experience, design, uh, our app and all the other outlets that we use uh, that are really like sort of just in the here and now and not like as of 10 years ago. I think user interfaces change very quickly these days, especially mm-hmm. with a lot of apps and good services mm-hmm. coming out of the um, Silicon Valley and other places. Um, I, I, one that I personally really like is Airbnb. Like for example, the, these sort of apps really shape how we the millennials interact with our uh, mobile phones and really change the front end as well and and i think challenger banks uh use their back end to enable and power a lot of the nice front end features and, and and changes that they're making uh to the banking product or to a checking account
0: gotcha and you know these banks are very popular in europe but not we don't see a lot of them in the us why is that
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, There are a few here in the US. I think um, I'd say a lot of the challenger banks here in the US are more niche focused. So they had a a specific or like fairly narrow offering. Um, I think in Europe you have two or three challenger banks uh, leading sort of the pack, including N26, who are fairly broad. So we have a checking account as well, but we offer a whole bunch of other services in Europe across the spectrum of lending Investing, uh, insurances, uh, foreign currency transfers, etc. So I think this breadth is something that's fairly unique to some of the uh, European players, especially actually N26. Um. And, and so that has really helped users get access into a lot of different things and not just like serve a specific niche. Um, and I think it has helped the challenger bank community uh, in Europe sort of foster demand for, for products. Um, uh, here in the US also I think another reason playing into this uh, because the market is, is so big for many services. Uh, a lot of companies have managed to build successful businesses actually by just focusing on one niche, for example, I don't know, SoFi or, or, or like Robinhood are good examples of fairly niche companies, but they're very good at what they do and the market is big enough for them actually to build a whole company business model around uh, this particular niche.
0: And and what goes into bringing the, the European model into the U.S.? You know, what's a sustainable um, business model for for a challenger bank in this market
1: yeah i think actually the differences i'd argue are not all that uh, big between uh, europe and the us uh so i think a challenger bank or also at n26 i think what we particularly proud ourselves with is is customer experience and really putting the customer first i know a lot of people say that but we really live and breathe it just if you look at team size and where we and i spend our time um, on i think that these are really um, this is a very important topic for us sort of customer first i think that does not really change depending on geography Uh, And then in the background, uh, I don't think there's that much differences either because at the end of the day, we use technology, the most modern technology to empower that customer experience or like enable that customer experience. And again, uh, that will not differ actually all that much between what we do in Europe and what we do here in the US.
0: Mm -hmm. So N26 is launching in the US soon, right? Mm -hmm. Why, Why did you pick now?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the U.S. has been a very interesting market for us for various reasons. I think, uh, number one, sheer size. I think population, and especially like millennials that are savvy with their mobile phones, that segment is is, is quite large. Uh, you have also a very fragmented market here in the United States. Uh, so there's a lot of different banking institutions and banking-like services, or not even banking-like. Then you have the credit cards companies. You have like prepaid companies and all the rest of it. So there is a it's quite fragmented and I think that's also an opportunity for us to just like help consolidate some of the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, I think just uh, current offerings. I think some of the mobile offerings are better than others here in the US, but I think in general there's definitely space for a solution like N26 where like a pure mobile first, very efficiently and nicely designed uh, banking solution um, uh, can, can have a lot of impact. And, and hence, for us, the US is an a, interesting market. Why now? There is, I think, several reasons playing into this. I think the opportunity for us was already there like one or two years ago. But for us as a startup as well, we need to prioritize um, time and, and, and uh, time people where we spend our money. And, and the earliest uh, we started working this was sometime last year. And, and we're very excited to working towards that launch sometime this year.
0: Okay, great. And one thing I've noticed is um, there are two types of models that um, these challenger banks follow. One is that they can apply for a banking license mm-hmm. or they partner with a bank on that front. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's your take on that? What is um, N26 going to be doing?
1: Yeah. Uh, so this is a very fundamental strategic decision, I think, that every challenger bank, uh, quote unquote, has to take. Uh y- I think there's pros and cons to both uh, both sides. For us, what we optimized for is, is time to market. So for us, it was important to capture the momentum that we have in Europe and bring our solution over to the US market as soon as we possibly can. Um, and for us, the quickest way to do that was actually to partner with a banking institution because uh, that is, again, also like agile and nimble enough so they, they can and want to work with startups, but at the same time also have them power and, and sort of breadth to onboard potentially a large amount of customers in a short period of time. Um, so partnering with such an institution reduces time to market but also helps us at N26 navigate some of the regulatory um, uh, landscape and, and and frameworks and has just having a strong partner that I think is always good if you're in a new market. So that was the preferred choice. Um, obviously if you go and, and get your own bank charter and license um, it is great because you have a lot of independence eventually but I think the risks uh, of, of and sort of the, the process of achieving um, um, that goal of getting your own license is just at least historically in the u.s has been somewhat cumbersome there there are a lot of changes as well um, mm-hmm. at, uh, with, with the regulators so um, we we might see soon uh, some 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 charters that are being granted or currently already being granted but i think that process is just quite long um, and so we again optimize for time to market um, and, and are partnering with another institution
0: great And I'm uh, guessing you're not naming that institution yet.
1: Uh, Not quite yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and, you know, we talked about banking license, and you touched a little bit about the regulatory components. But what else goes into setting up a challenger bank in the US?
1: Yeah, I think the regulatory framework and and, uh, again, honestly, finding that partner for us, a banking partner, uh, was crucial and and took a lot of time, rightly so. I think another thing where I also personally um, spend my time on um, is recruiting and hiring. So I, we need to build up and scale up a team that is also locally rooted here um, to, 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 to uh, establish this local connection as well. Um, Uh, I think our product is fairly universal and actually globally applicable because millennials in Europe and the US, I think their needs fundamentally are not all that different when it comes to banking, Mm -hmm. but still there's subtle differences. So we need to uh, um, take these into account. So building a team is the other thing that I'm personally uh, spending a lot of my time on. And then together with that team and and that backbeat partner, it's all about setting up our processes and infrastructure. Um, in a, ver- a regulatory-compliant fashion and doing a lot of user research, circling back on what I initially mentioned, putting the customer first, putting the U.S. customer first. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, takes a lot of time just conducting that research and honestly spend time out in the field speaking to to potential new customers and what they're currently missing for their banking offerings and what they're looking for in a, in a new solution.
0: And is the U.S. customer um, very different from, from the European ones that you're serving?
1: I, I'd say at a higher level... Um, culturally there's actually not all that uh, much difference uh, i think the need for a mobile first um banking solution that's transparent simple uh, easy to use and you know cost efficient or gives you good value for money i think this this sort of need is fairly universal i'd say um I'd even argue to say potentially globally, Uh, but definitely uh, from what I've seen in Europe and also here in the US, there's a few very distinct differences around, for example, usage of credit cards. So this whole idea of earning as you spend with all the points and rewards uh, systems and schemes, I think people are very savvy when it comes to their points and where they earn uh, points. In the US? In the US. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's a, sorry, that's a big difference here in the US to in Europe where Mm -hmm. the people unless you're using credit cards and also a little less savvy when it comes to points. Again, these are massive generalization. There's also big differences between areas here in the US or areas also in Europe between the different mm-hmm. countries. Mm-hmm. But that's one um, difference that i found. And also um, in terms of savings rate, I think um, savings rates are, are a lot higher in Europe, roughly five times higher when you look at stats where people here in the US, um, given, I don't know, the educational system that is potentially like, where you need to pay out of your own pocket all these factors play into the fact that uh, savings rate usually in the us are a little bit lower than what we see in europe which means that this whole savings and also personal loans um, and all these topics when it comes to like you know getting money and maybe living a little bit more like more cash strapped quote-unquote um i think these sort of thoughts and concerns are are definitely higher when i speak to users here and we want to cater for that in our product as well
0: gotcha so you think the the market is ready for um a challenger bank the landscape is is prepped
1: for sure for sure i think the whole concept is still in its infancy a little bit so there have been waves and, and 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 there's an ebbs and flows, but I think definitely there's a lot of more education that needs to be done around a challenger bank and why N26s or other company services are potentially superior to traditional banks. Uh, So there's a lot of work to be done still, uh, but I'm I'm really happy to see sort of the green shoots of the momentum that we have and other companies have. So from that perspective, uh, it's going to be, I think, an exciting couple of years for the space.
0: Great. Good luck, Nick. And thank you so much for your time.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Tatiana.
0: Thank you all for tuning in.